Hi, this is Roger Green, host of the Surfing the Next Tsunami podcast. This week, we are offering four conversations from episode 21, our first ESOL Congress preview episode with Vice Secretary Alexander Krog and Education Counselor Sven Franke. Plus, from the vault, conversation 32.3 from season three, part of our same-day coverage of last year's International River Congress. As we discussed in this episode, the ILC title has been retired and replaced by ESOL Congress this year. I start this conversation by asking Sven Franke about his role as Education Counselor and the various educational opportunities in the program. First, Sven notes that the postgraduate course this year focused specifically on the link between NAPLD and cancer. He then goes on to describe an array of activities described to educate communities outside the specialist hepatology world, with a specific goal of placing focus not only on liver disease, but more on activities we can all take to improve liver health, starting at a very young age. The group also discusses how, in this second post-pandemic conference, attendance is shifting back from virtual to on-site, and why on-site is beneficial for the educational opportunities we've been discussing. I then ask Sven and Easel Vice Secretary Alexander Krag to state three can't-miss activities for recently minted hepatologists and separately for hepatology students. As the conversation winds down, Louise Campbell and Jorn Schottenberg ask questions related to how the program came together. Alexander likens the meeting to a giant dinner party where the organizers, as chefs, take a year for an extravagant multi-course meal for thousands of diverse guests to enjoy. At this point, Louise points out and stresses the importance of sessions around health literacy in the mix. As this conversation and the simple fact of a name change imply, the Easel Congress 2023 is poised to be a major breakthrough event in our community. This conversation captures some of the excitement and dynamism that Easel leaders feel about the event and how excited the co-hosts are as well. So just sit back, listen, enjoy, learn, and when you're done, join the conversation in our LinkedIn discussion group. As, as a education counselor, what role does one play? Do you play? And uh, where do you think the best educational opportunities are here specifically, either specific topics or specific modes of education that, that Alexander might not have mentioned yet, or to repeat some things that he did and explain why you think they're important? Sven Frank. Yeah, it depends a little bit on how narrow or how broad you define education, but there are a lot of initiatives more specifically on, on education. You have the, the postgraduate course, which, which is on FOD, by the way, and linked with cancer. So it's it's a whole day of really high-level uh, talks on, on the link between FOD and, and hepatocellular carcinoma, something that we do not quite well understand. So that's, that's already a very intense day and full educational event. You have the basic science seminar, which is on uh, the liver communicating with the rest of the body. And then throughout the program, you have, you have a lot of different sessions that are in part educational, if you want. Alexander already also mentioned the skills labs ultrasound endoscopy uh, so there's a lot a lot going on you have the state-of-the-art lectures you have the media expert sessions uh, all educational events so it's it's really a play out of initiatives and you, you can pick up what is um, the most relevant for you but it, that's one of the many missions of, of easel to to invest in high level education for the broad community it's not just for us as expert hepatologists it's not just for physicians we also have uh, educational events for for nurses, we have the initiatives with the patients and the people living with liver disease. We have those outreaches in, in, in the schools. We are going to school the day before the, the real easel congress. There's initiative in, in one of the schools in Vienna. Uh, so that's also very important, not just to raise awareness, but to really start education already at a very young age and not only make people uh, aware about liver disease, but also creating enthusiasm for people that later on, kids that later on might be, become 
our colleagues. So it's uh, almost starting in the crowd. What percentage of the people who attend this meeting do it virtually as compared to on-site? Alexander Craig. I think it's 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 actually interesting the development there because you know COVID it was more or less well there was nothing on-site, but now and then it was but now it's actually moving a little bit back that people tend to be more and more on-site, and I think the back to the learning that what happens there is magic that you cannot get on a screen. You don't meet with people. We don't engage. It's also important for all, but all the hands-on thing. And I think we also, to be honest, reinvented the medical convention here because we learned that, okay, what you can do, what you're doing here, we don't need to copy that because that you get elsewhere. But how can you deliver something that can only get on site? That's what we should focus on and doing, I think, more and more and doing that in, in more and more sophisticated, interactive way and create this environment where people can really, because that's what, what we need in the world that people actually meet, they learn this, discuss, they don't start to be skeptic. They actually listen and try to understand why all the other colleagues, they're also trying to do their best. And when these people then, then learn to interact and get together, then we can really make changes. I asked about virtual for a second. I'll come back to it. And I think your answer is excellent. Nothing replaces being there. We talk about that for every major meeting, the ones that we get to in person and some of the ones that we don't. Nothing, nothing replaces the interactions. Nothing replaces the conversations. Nothing replaces, frankly, the energy level. And being around the hundreds, depending on the meeting, or thousands of people who love these topics and who are really passionate about them, you, you can't you can't replace that. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I'll come back to virtual in a second, but I'll ask the same question in a different way. So if you were advising a recently minted transplant hepatologist at their first easel congress, and you had to give them a list of three things they can't miss, and yeah, now I'm saying three, not ten, three. What are they? What are the three can't miss things that are going on in this meeting? Let, let's say right now, within a couple of years, into transplant hepatology. I think again, if we we there's the immediate excitement, but what is important for you in the long run? And I think that's the network. That's part of feeling that you're you're part of something. And I guess if you're an inspiring person, I think some of the things we have super much success with is these meet the experts. This kind where you are two meters away from the best stars in the world who wrote or driven the most important trial that changed clinical practice, even wrote your textbooks, whatever. That I think is really really valuable and then I think also going to exactly what you're interested because there's so many parallel sessions again allow yourself to be a little nerdy there and I think also then to see the the what say feel that 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 this vibrant atmosphere I think the opening ceremony in easel is always a big celebration that's just like new year you know we fire all the guns <laughs> show all the things so I think this is there my sense is I feel I'm part of something big, big when this happens. Uh, Sven, up to three things that you think I really can't miss. Let's use a different audience this time, okay? Let's talk this time about uh, students. I think for students, they should have a look at the skills labs, what, what the, the opportunities are there. I think that's already a very, very important one. Of course, yeah, for a student, I think a postgraduate course is a good starting point. You see all the experts summarizing talks about an important topic, so I think that it's also very exciting. I remember my first ease and postgraduate course where I was really impressed by all that knowledge that in a very concentrated way came into my direction. And then I think it's good even for a student to go to one of the abstract sessions, pick out one topic to see how it is. The contrast with the postgraduate course, which is really the synthesis of what is known by the expert, but then also get a hint of how research is ongoing, where the, the very new things are 
are, how those discussions go, what is going on in, in research. Not for all the details of what is told there, but just to get the flavor of research in hepatology. And I think if you have those three, then yeah, that must be an amazing experience for, for a student. Fantastic. So let me do this. I have several more questions, but let me turn to Louise and Jorn first and ask you folks what you'd like to know. Louise, uh, since you're good enough to get up at this hour, you, you get first dibs. What, what, what would you like to ask these folks about the meeting? Louise Campbell. How did they get such breadth in it this time and in a more condensed four days? I think that has great challenges. I think the one bit about virtual is that I can jump very quickly to some of those meetings which I can never do in person because you always get distracted and you meet some people along the way and I'm always get afraid of missing the bits that I really wanted but the challenge that you had in doing the allied health professionals getting more in there this year than you've done before and that virtual and that you can't get but how did you manage to get all of that in within the four days because it seems to create numerous challenges that you've sort of overcome well, the first thing is that of course there's no incredible team behind it to to organize all that and being now on the governing board i can see it a little bit from the inside and i'm really impressed about the team and their enthusiasm and their professionalism to organize that of course it's a challenge to compose such uh, such a program with all these parallel activities and and sessions but on the other hand you also have the possibility to record everything and you can have a maximum profit by being there and going to the sessions and as you say have the interaction with people that you meet and you can always look back at sessions that you were not able to attend at the time that that it was really going on but you can look back later on so those four days will be very heavily stuffed with a lot of sessions but also with a lot of interaction and then then it, the work will not be over when when the congress is over because you will need some time to look at all the sessions that that you have missed afterwards so it's uh, it's a rich basket and you have to pick what what you like but but it's a challenge to organize it but there's a great team And I guess also advice here, because of course it is super packed, it's super dense, there's a lot of parallel things, and you say that that's the good thing about the recordings there. But also then maybe advice that it's good to plan a little bit, that you actually have looked quite a lot into the program and all these things, so you have a pretty good idea what you want to see, or certainly what you don't want to miss out on, and sign up for some of these notes. You know, for instance, the Meet the Experts has a limited number. Different of these activities, it's good to be faster and make sure that you get exactly what you came for. So, Alexander, thanks. That's a great lead into our second preview episode, which will happen the week before after their abstracts have been released, where we will have a group of people come on and talk about the specific presentations or posters that they think are most important in the meeting. You weren't question from you or thought? Well, I guess my very personal thought to Alexander is, I know you must be involved in almost every session. Is there anything that you will visit from your scientific interest, anything that you're looking forward to as a scientist? And this can be, maybe you're not able to because you have to run a session at that time. I have several things. I love the presentations. I love the questions. But one benefit I actually have from having all the work here in, in, in the governing board is that actually I already read all the abstracts. <laughs> so that brings me a little bit that that as if in you are the board, you know, being in the board is just like being running a restaurant. So Sven and I, we are chefs. And then we invite 7,000 people for a party and we take one year to 
to prepare that party. So the pleasure of the chefs is actually to see all the guests really enjoying. So we will be pretty busy there with all kinds of meetings. And and you know what? The way we want to see it is basically this is not a scientific event. It's not a just a, or not just a scientific, not an educational event. It's not a networking. It's it's all of these things and a much more. I think you should consider the Easel Congress as a global marketplace. So if you're interested in NAFL, NASH, fatty liver disease, whatever is around there, then we want to make it attractive for everybody in the world who has any stake in this to be there. And that also involves all our different uh, companies, exhibitors, etc. Because that's also where they talk with their, their different stakeholders. And, and a development I also really love that is that we can see that the more and more patient groups and, and, and organization, advocacy group, whatever, they are joining. And we have good meetings with them also in, in the leadership to learn from each other. And they are becoming stronger and stronger. And I think Lisa already also alluded to it. The nurses and allied healthcare um, professional tracks is also super good. And you can see the, the level of the abstracts coming in that session is also really, really, uh, really nice. Now, just comment on Alexandra and the uh, allied nurses, but also advice for physicians or your juniors or your new ones. There's, there's some sessions in the allied health. Don't ignore it because it's allied health. There are some very good sessions on health literacy that we don't just need to know as nurses, but we really do need to appreciate as physicians, as experts, how our patients and how people understand us and our language. We had to re-educate people on the word cirrhosis because it was in their letters for 10 years and they still didn't know what it meant. So really drilling down into some of the sessions and revisiting them if they're recorded on allied health. It's not allied health. These are fundamental things that help every physician, whether or not it's nutrition, whether it's sarcopenia, whether it's strength, these are things that help our patients get better. If we are just focusing them on on them in the allied health professionals, but they're not to be missed because it's under the label of allied health. And I think there are some very exciting beneficial sessions for all physicians and surgeons within those sessions. So Louise, what you said just struck a chord with me, which is that one of the reasons this podcast ever made it past four episodes is, which was the original plan, was at the end of episode three, we got a uh, letter from somebody in Western Canada who had just been diagnosed with cirrhosis and wrote they'd never had a drink in their life, are they going to die? And that was the whole letter. So what that bespeaks about what the patient didn't understand about cirrhosis, what the doctor didn't teach the patient about cirrhosis, and the lack of ability to give that patient a course of action in terms of the patient understood was, I thought, the clearest statement about health literacy in uh, Nash that I've ever had. And frankly, it's one of the reasons that we kept this podcast going. You hear that, Alexander? You were going to say something. I'm sorry, I jumped in. You know, I just want to, to bring something to it because the way we should see these meetings uh, yeah and I say we take a year organizing them and we're happy to do that but I think it is it is a splash but it, it's also it works at so many levels so I also just want to bring your attention for all of those who are active from various social media because above or below around everything we do there's this massive interaction so please whatever you see or hear share 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 because then you can learn you can inspire people all over the place and I think last year in the Easel Congress on Twitter alone, we had 55 million impressions on, on, on the hashtag. So so this way of commenting, sharing, okay, this is new, this is okay, we need to change how we deal with this patient or, or this my biomarker is better than this or uh, whatever. So so I think that's again an advice or suggestions. And if you're not there, then you don't need to tweet yourself, but just following what's going on can be really entertaining. Point well taken. 55 million, huh? That's a lot. We want to beat it this year. I think 
think if you put one of those uh, thermometers that they use for fundraising so you can track by the day how many you've got, you could hold one more celebration when you break 55 million. And now back to Roger. We hope you've enjoyed this recording. If you have any questions or comments about the content of this conversation or the entire episode, please put them in the review section of the page from which you downloaded the conversation or send an email to questions at servingnash.com. Please remember, we will have extensive Easel Congress coverage, starting with a second preview episode posting June 14th, same-day coverage during the Congress, and finishing with two follow-up episodes, one on abstracts and one on basic science, posting on June 28th and July 12th. Next week, co-chair Jeff Lazarus will be our guest and join his other co-chair, our co-host, Jorn Shaw to review this weekend's coming Innovations in Apple Care Conference in Barcelona. It should be fascinating. So until then, stay safe, surf on. We'll see you on the podcast. Bye-bye now.